most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Mr. Jones. Yes, baby. Episode 272. Right here, right now. Yep. Here we are. Um, we recorded this episode in two stages. You're going to hear an interview with our friend Benjamin Jackson momentarily. Yes. We recorded that earlier in the week because he was here. Yes. Distance left. They're not here. No. Nope. So I've been editing that part in preparation for this part, and I was watching the video, and I didn't have you to tell me, oh, babe, your hair is a mess. Now, for those of you who got the video, you can tell my hair is a mess. It is long overdue for a haircut. I thought I'd gotten away with it, but the you whole time I'm editing, <laughs> there's like at the back, my hair's all bouffant at the back. Oh. The other funny thing Well, is, right now it's kind of um, like a cockatoo at the front, so- you have both looks going on. That's pretty fantastic. The other thing, and only the curious, uh, maybe the eagle-eyed viewers will spot this, but the interview itself that I filmed with Ben mm. was in two parts because, I don't know, one of his kids had an upset stomach or something like that. We we shot right. it for a bit, then we had to go upstairs. Meanwhile, my kids got, you know, they had a shower, they're getting ready for bed, and one of the girls came down, I forget which one, and gave me a, like a hug. I was sitting on the sofa and she just kind of lay down. And then when I got up, I didn't realize, but her wet hair, <laughs> my whole shirt has just got a big wet patch. So I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll own that right now. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I, right. I can't wait to watch. Oh, yeah. Nerdy, nerdy, member only <laughs> viewer glitches. We need to do a proper weekly update. Yeah. Because it's been two weeks since we've been on the air. It has. We took a week off work. We did. Because our good friends, yes. Ben and Sarah Jackson, yeah. along with their tribe of gorgeous girls, yes. River, Emily, and Sophia. Is three a tribe? I guess it can't Well, there's be. five of them. They're the Jackson okay. Five. The Jackson Five. There Came to go. stay with us. Mm-hmm. We took, you know, like I said, a week off work. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? It was great. Why is your voice so high? It was great. <laughs> um, oh, it was good. I mean... It was good. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to balance it out the other way. We, I, I forget we did the math, but we've been friends for, I don't know, well over two decades. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it was just lovely to just sit around, hang out, chat read drink coffee you know just mm-hmm. watch movies watch movies watch our kids play together mm-hmm. and yeah just have a good time we also so. did a second christmas because they were supposed to come for christmas and yeah. then couldn't yeah so we had a whole christmas day we did wrapped presents had made a tree christmas dinner christmas dinner made yeah. mince pies yep the whole bit. Uh, it would that I really like that. Yeah. Second, it's like Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then second Christmas. Who's up for making that an international <laughs> holiday? Yeah. Second so, Christmas is good. Yeah. And Sarah was here for her birthday, so that was really fun. She too. was. Yeah. We got to redeem an experience. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. When you turned fifty, I took you to a really nice steakhouse here in Franklin mm. called Perry's. Not to be confused with Sperry's with an S. Right, which is different. Which is a different steakhouse. But mm-hmm. Perry's, it's right opposite Whole Foods in yeah. Franklin. Yeah. Cool Springs. And when we went on your fiftieth, it was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't a good experience. I was really disappointed. Yeah. And yeah. I spoke to the manager and just said, Look, you know, I want you to succeed during my backyard. Uh, here's who you're competing with. Here's where you're at. And he's like, look, I am so sorry about that. Thank you for telling me rather than telling Yelp. Would you come back? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I would. So he gave me his card. And so we came back for Sarah's birthday. And I'm pleased to say we had a phenomenal time. Such a good time. Yeah. It, every, everything was better. Like, And the Ambience, food was fantastic. Service, food. Yeah. Ben ordered a pork chop that is seven, your head. seven fingers tall. It was 38 ounces. It was... Ouch. Yeah. What did you eat? What did you eat? What did you eat? I ate yeah. uh, a filet. Filet mino. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, what I had. I had a ribeye that I couldn't finish. Yeah. I brought it home and had it the next day. And the vegetables were great. Yeah. Anyway, great yeah. experience. So good. Perry's, if you're looking for somewhere to celebrate. Great. Great stuff. So good. What else did we do? You and Sarah had a last minute jaunt to Atlanta, girls trip. We did. Trip. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, she needed a passport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she had to go to the consulate in Atlanta for that. So we did a overnight stay. Uh, you volunteered Atlanta. to go with her, which was I very know. kind. I was so kind of me. That's wasn't the cost it? of friendship. Yeah. Well, me and Ben hold, held down the fort with well, children. six children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did great, though. So, yeah, great to see Ben and Sarah. They're off. You're going to meet Ben in, in a moment when mm-hmm. you hear his story. They are in a major life transition. And I thought it'd be fun to hear from them. How do you navigate major life transition? Yeah. 
Such a good question. I was super encouraged by what Ben shared. Yeah. Because we're kind of in a transition of ourselves. Just a little bit. Why did I say ourselves? The other funny thing? Of our own? Of our own. Yeah. Listening back to our interview, I miss out words when I speak. Yes. I mean, I'm sure our listeners are aware of that. I just drop whole words. I know. <laughs> is it my enthusiasm is or is it my brain? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with enthusiasm. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of transitions, give us give the fine people an adoption update. Um. Oh, well, we are currently waiting to hear uh, about a baby. This is another another baby. baby. So yeah, we're just waiting to hear and see if the mom chooses us. And if she does, then that baby is due in less than three weeks. And if she doesn't, then we are back to waiting. And I'm really good with either. You're really good with waiting? Well, I'm good with or either. Or getting a brand I'm, new baby in three weeks? I, I'm just My, like... My, we are flexible. I know, but I'm just sort of like, Lord, I, I trust you. Like, you started this, and somehow it's all going to come together. I... Yeah. Who are you? I and what know. have you done with my shaper wife? I know. Well, let's be honest. If it comes back tomorrow and she says, yes, she chose you, I will then kick into very high shaper. Look to forward get to next week's done. episode. <laughs> in two weeks. I won't, I won't be on next week's episode because I'll be getting things ready for the baby now. Wow. Um, but yeah. But uh, I'm just confident that whether it's this baby or another baby, it's, you know, God's got this. So Yeah. That was our weekly update. Yeah. I'm going to hand over... To previous Alan, yes. interviewing Ben about their major life transition. And the reason I wanted them on the show to talk about, I say them, Sarah couldn't come on, but you've heard Sarah before. She's talked about dream interpretation. She's talked about dream interpretation before. Yeah. Is I think you'll find some of your story as they tell their story. Yeah. And I was super encouraged. I hope you are too. Benjamin Jackson, welcome back. Thanks. A long overdue return. Your last episode was episode 48. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff has changed since then. Yeah, way before video. Way before sure. video. Now everybody gets to see the glory. I noticed something I haven't talked to you about. You've been staying with us for about a week. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing live around Franklin, Tennessee, making sure that you're up to date and going $5 and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know. Eating our way through Franklin. Oh, maybe. yeah. Yeah. And I was wondering... Because everyone I introduce you to, I introduce you to as, oh, this is uh, Ben, this is Sarah Jackson's husband. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what that's like, because for people in our audience who don't know Ben, you're kind of a big deal in the <laughs> environment you come from, right? And so everybody in our world knows Sarah, because Sarah comes in, she speaks at m she speaks at the school, she's done our podcast, so everyone knows Sarah Jackson, she's a dream interpreter person, and... You know, we've talked about this in the past about what it's like when you when you come here. What has it been like this week hearing yourself repeatedly be introduced as Sarah's husband? <laughs> I I don't think it's foreign to me. Uh, it's not foreign to me here in this environment. Yeah, but um, you know, I I grew up and my dad was the pastor of the church, so I got quite used to being introduced as oh, this is Clive Jackson's son. And then when I came to Toronto, which was uh, like fifteen years ago. Sarah had already been there for nine, ten years by that point. And so when we started going out, people didn't know me, but they knew her. Yes. And so in in that environment, it was like, oh, this is... In fact, I remember one specific event where I was introduced as, this is Sarah's new boyfriend. And I was like, oh, oh, as opposed to Sarah's <laughs> old boyfriend? Like, sorry, what? Yeah. But I have to say, it's it's always a... It is a unique experience coming here because this is one of the the places where we come where Sarah has more function and more purpose, I I would say, to to offer. And therefore equity. Right. And so it is interesting. It's it's sometimes a big challenge for my heart to be like, oh, how does it feel, Ben, when you're not needed? And that's been... That's been a common theme often when we come here, is I'm like, oh, actually, I'm... Who am I without my... Exactly. And for those of you who don't know Ben, if you were to go to Toronto, I mean, we should probably tell how we met. But before we do that, like, so we're going to talk about your transition in a second. You have just left mm-hmm. Toronto, like yeah. literally mm. just left Toronto, both physically and also the employment. Yeah. Yes. And you lived in Toronto for how many years? Uh, 15 years. 15 years. Came and did the School of Ministry, then came on staff as a small group leader, and then really quite literally worked your way up. 
And your your job role, I don't even know the problem. It's a it's a, a very impressive. I'm never sure whether to you know to curtsy or bow. But what's your proper? What was your proper title? Uh, executive director, like global executive director, and then um, vice president of global communications. Okay, so in Toronto and around the world, people who are in the Catch the Fire stream know who you are. Big cheese, big deal. You're also a worship leader, so yeah. you're well known in, yeah. in in Catch a Fire. And then when you come here, you're Sarah's mm-hmm. Sarah's husband or River's dad, right? Right. So I often come to you know hold her Bible and just <laughs> make sure that I have fresh water bottles ready opened for her. Fiji, nothing less. Uh, nothing less for Sarah because she, she's got a vicious backhand. If you try and give her Perrier, <laughs> big time, or Evian, mm. oh my gosh, that woman! I'm kidding. She's a delight, as you all know. <laughs> uh, so we met. Do you remember the uh, the this, the circumstances when we met? Uh, well, I think you were my teacher. I was teaching something. I remember. I, I re- think you were teaching advanced prophetic because I remember you talking yeah. about realms of the supernatural that were like explosive in my mind yes. like i was just you know i do totally i remember those shocked. conversations mm. yes i remember you being very earnest in between sessions then you married sarah well you helped with that well i mean i <laughs> yes aj and i mostly my wife because i'm terrible at matchmaking but AJ and I had a vested interest in seeing you and Sarah get together. Because mm. you were amazing. She's amazing. We're like, this has to happen. Yeah. And it was kind of that, like, do you like her? Do you like him? And uh, But then you got married. You know, honestly, I want to just say this publicly. You never gave away that she liked me. Like, it, you, you always, I felt like you were encouraging me to aim for the grandiose heights of Sarah Daly as she yes. was then. But I, you, I never felt that like you gave away that she liked me. So I think you did matchmaking very, very well. Oh, well, thank you. I, I just don't have a great track record in it. Like, usually I'm like, I think them and them would be great together. And everybody in my community is like, what are you talking about? So I've just, I've, I've stopped. But, you know, I would like to take credit, but it was mostly AJ. Okay. You know, profits. And so for the last, how many years have you been in Toronto for? 15. 15. Sarah's been there. 24. 24 years. You guys would be mainstay features in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, we were part of the senior leadership team of the church and the the movement around the world. I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You, you go to conferences, go to events, we'd see you. You were running all the events for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So literally, like, key, uh, you know, central figures to a movement that's hosted revival around the world for the last, I don't know how many years. Yeah. Right. I thought it would be fun, and maybe it wouldn't be fun for you, but it'd be fun to talk about the tension that you find yourself in, because it's really easy to point to where you were, less easy to point to where you're going, and I thought it would be fun for our audience to explore the tension of the now and the not yet. Yeah. So where do you want to start with that story? Because, like, why on earth would you give up a seat at the table of a major international ministry which has rich history, rich value in revival culture, has birthed all of the major charismatic movements that are alive today. Like, you know, and you're leaving that too. And probably the question I was asking, what are you going to go to? And your answer is, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Do you want, where do you want to start with that? Yeah, I think, um, well, I think that's a massive question. And it's funny how it dovetails in with what you were saying earlier about just, you know, being in Franklin as Sarah's, you know, husband. Yes, it, I would say that same experience of oh gosh, uh, who am I without purpose? Mm-hmm. Is the huge question mark over this whole season, right? You know, um, so many of my relationships have been in the context of leader, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Visionary person, right? Yes, and so to now not have any of those titles to back up the identity that God says about me is like shaky. Really Does this shaky. work? Mm-hmm. Does this work without a business card? So that it, it's, it's big. Um, and I think it's well worth exploring. I, I'm not sure fun is the right word, but I, Probably I, not. I'm really open to being vulnerable in the process because I think I know so many people that have in these last year or so find themselves in transition or in the brink of transition 
so I don't think it's I don't think it's as rare as we think it might be. No, it isn't. And I think your story especially, thank you for being a guinea pig to everybody else <laughs> learning from your story. Yeah. How do you want to begin the story? Oh, let's just, we'll cut to the punchline, which is that we are moving to the UK, uh, where we're from, in case you hadn't figured out our accents. But Sarah and I both independently moved to Canada. And so we've made the decision in the last six months, following God's lead, to move to the UK, but but unto unknown. Yet to be determined. Right. And so... It's very Abrahamic. The Lord basically came and said... Leave your home and go to a place I will tell you about. Yeah. And in this case, you know the place. Yeah. It's the UK. But to do what yeah. is yet to be determined. Yeah. So you so both quit your jobs, mm-hmm. sold your house, yeah. put everything you own in a shipping cargo. Yeah. Big thing. And now we're in the middle of uh, like a vacation. We're, we're on vacation. And you are our chosen destination. Yes, thank you. Along with Hawaii and California and some other places that we've been to. Yeah. But in a few short weeks, you'll be landing on the shores of England. Yeah. To do something that you don't yet know. Yeah. Like, literally, there's no job waiting for you. No. There isn't a house waiting for you. No. There's just you, Sarah, all your belongings, your three beautiful daughters, Mm -hmm. and a word from God. Uh, And I think, yeah, and I think the word from God is, of course, the, the, the thing that, that holds it all together, like at least in theory mm-hmm. and in practice, there is safety and security in that word. But even like, even as <laughs> Alan and I were talking this afternoon, we were talking, we were chatting, and I just suddenly get like <gasps> fear, fear, unknown. What oh, am I, doing? I know, like starting to panic. You know, um, I'm flinging out job applications and not necessarily sure is this right. I'm just like, let's just see what's going to happen. And, yes. um, yeah, all of that is scary, and I think we've done it very much from a place of obedience. I think what's been remarkable about this journey, which I'll elaborate on in a minute, but is that we both together really felt like we heard God very clearly say, would you go to England? It wasn't a command. Mm-hmm. It was an invitation. Mm-hmm. But we've learned indiv- individually and together that um, saying yes to him is always rewarding. And knowing you guys as we do, I I also know that in in your history with the Lord and history in our friendship, I've known that returning to England hasn't been your number one preference. It isn't like, oh, I can't, you know, I love Canada, but oh, I miss fish and chips and old blighty. Like, it, you know, you've talked yeah. about your own desires to do other things. Mm-hmm. And along comes this invitation from the Lord to say, hey, would you do this? I mean, I, I want you to tell a story. I want you to tell, because it's so beautiful and rich and weaves together all the things I love about you and the culture that you represent. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, we, I would say we found ourselves um, giving opportunity to serve in in loads of different arenas in, in the church and the movement. And like, you've, you've had many episodes talking about uh, John and Carol and the rich, rich heritage. You've mm-hmm. had Steve on here and Steve and Sandra, and we've worked very closely with them over the last five or six years. And so we've had lots of opportunity to serve in something that feels like it has eternal value and mm-hmm. purpose. And not only that, but there was certainly suggestion that if our role was to continue, it would grow in influence mm-hmm. there was there was scope for growth and i know you know lots of people sometimes feel that kind of sense of ceiling and they're like there's nowhere for me here i'm gonna go that wasn't the case with us New. at all no not at all um and so i think our leaving feels even more um dramatic perhaps to our community and the leaders around us when there was that kind of hope and idea of perhaps us taking on even bigger roles it certainly came out of left field for mm-hmm. people who weren't walking in your footsteps. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting. Hindsight's really easy to to look at things clearly through, obviously. But I looked back at this past year or so, and the Lord often speaks to me around significant calendar events, my birthday, right. New Year's. And I woke up on January 1st, 2021 so just over a year ago and 
I felt like so much of my grace for my job and my role had sort of gone. And I, at first, I, I interpreted that through a lens of internal distress. COVID's know. just happened. Is it stress? Right. Did I eat too much turkey over yeah. Christmas and now I'm just not engaged anymore? Like, I just couldn't figure it out. And I think over time, I've really started just seeking the Lord, like, what is going on? And he started to then prod us on transition, that it was going to be happening. We'd already felt like some of the roles that were being talked about for us were actually not really what the Lord had on the table for us. We were, like, blown away by the... I can't really say offer, but by even being considered... The conversations. Yeah, but... But we kind of were like, oh, this doesn't feel like what God's asking us to do. So what is it? You know, so then we wake up January 2021 with this sense of transition. And even today, I was looking back over some of my journaling just to reflect and just saw, yeah, like he kept on dropping these little these little hints, mm-hmm. you know, like I've been saying, oh, before we sell the house, I want to get this thing done. And in February 21, he was like, hey. Be a good get idea to done. get those things done, you know. So yeah. those hints were there. Then we, because of COVID and everyone's working remotely, in the summertime, we decided, you know what? The kids are out of school. They're doing school remote. I'm working remote. Why don't we just take an extended trip to go and see some family in the UK? So we asked Steve and Sandra, um, who are our bosses, and they said, yeah, of course, take it. Ten weeks, I'll be working for half of it, vacation for the other half. What an amazing treat. Now, Sarah and I have an ongoing joke slash tension, which is that I am always like thinking, mm, what's next, what's next, what's next? Oh. And she is always thinking, what's now, what's now, what's now? Right. And so before I'd even said anything, she was like, look, we're, if we're going on this trip for 10 weeks, I'm not talking about moving. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? what, what what, what do you mean? Then what will I do? <laughs> what will my mind do? I mean, I'm the kind of person that if we went on a mission trip to Antarctica, I'd be like, what would it be like to like set up life in Antarctica? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just start to think that way. And um, she was like, I just don't want to talk about it. And I was like, uh, can I think about it? She was like, you're allowed to think about it, but you're not allowed to talk about it. And I thought, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair. So let's not talk about it. Two weeks into our trip, while we're there, I'm working remotely. She's teaching the kids and doing all of that. Out of the blue, we got a job offer, which essentially turned out to be two job offers on the same day. They were scheduled to happen on the same day. And we were like... Out of the blue, unsolicited. Yeah. And one of them was in North America, and one of them was in Europe. And... So we Sarah's best laid plans. <laughs> totally. I actually did have to say to her, can we talk about it now? Because <laughs> I didn't will this. <laughs> yeah. So that was a mega curveball for us. We, I mean, I say curveball, obviously, like I said, we had this kind of sense of transition, but no right. real understanding of what yep. that meant. So it caused us to really go, whoa, Lord, what are you saying? And one of the things that I found so interesting in that season was that I was, my immediate reaction was to outsource decision-making to spiritual people around me. And what I was so tempted to do was to email all the like prophetic friends and prophets that we know of, you know, some significant name prophets even yep. that we've been able to build relationship with over the years and be like, hey, this is the situation, what's the Lord saying? And I'm just going to go with whatever you say. And whenever I started to follow through with that temptation, I really felt the Father say, hang on. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd actually really like you to not do that yet. Mm -hmm. And now, I just want to establish we really believe in um seeking wise counsel in our life and seeking prophetic input and um you know looking for that kind of confirmation in witnesses Uh, i think that's one of the wisest things you can do but i could tell in this scenario the lord was trying to get to my heart of hey well what's in your heart and what am i saying to you yes and then let that be confirmed exactly right and you were trying to one two miss a few 99 what's the word of the lord yeah what's the punchline and then i'll just action it and we'll just do it and that's that Mm -hmm. you know which i guess would probably be my inclination i'm an action oriented person 
And so we spent a month um, really just praying, wrestling, like trying to just feel even, just feel, how would it feel to live in place A? How would it feel to live in place B? How would it, you know, all of that. Pause for a second, because the irony that Sarah, must have been her prophetic gift, mm-hmm. is like, hey, we're going on vacation. I don't want you to stir anything up. I just want to enjoy time with my family, time with kids. You know, I do not want to think about the future. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Lord's like, is that so? <laughs> so it continues. So we now- were kind of, we were furious, honestly. <laughs> like... <laughs> Even I was furious because we had two weeks in Ibiza, which is this beautiful island off of Spain scheduled. And I'm like, great. Now I'm going to spend the next two weeks in distress because all I'm thinking about is where we spend the rest of our life rather than being able to be present and relaxed in the moment, you know. And yes, I just, even that I had to kind of bring, I had to actually be willing to bring that to the father and be like, why are you doing this? Mm Mm-hmm why multiple options why you know all of that and and it was interesting because as we spent time um just with our own hearts and and talking to the lord about it we didn't feel any peace about any of these opportunities laid before us which was kind of startling because one of them in particular was a place that we really wanted to be Right. Like on paper, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this checks boxes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, there was security in it. There's there's finances and process and titles and uh, we could afford a house and all of those things. So right. in terms of being a responsible father and moving my family, this is like, hmm. In fact, both of these things, they looked very appealing. They, they gave us security. Yeah. And they meet the need of the itching that you're feeling as prompted by the Lord. Like, yeah. hey, transition's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was disconcerting to not feel peace about it. Right. And so the time came to give a response and we felt like actually we need to say no to this. Um and it was interesting because as as we said no to these opportunities that provided uh security and perhaps a level of lifestyle that we were hoping for in America and different things like that, we then began to feel a hunger rise up in us of our, you know, that was, that feels like your own hunger. It feels like yeah. a desire. And that desire was for the land of, of England. And of course, we're there at the time, but there was something about the land of England that just felt like, oh, there's inheritance here for us. Mm-hmm. And that feels like such a weird Christian vague thing to say. I, I hear what you're saying, but also, again, like what I alluded to earlier, like knowing you guys, you both left England to come to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that you had anything against England. I, I mean, you both love England. You'd love, you'd vacation there. But your hearts were very much not in England no. for a, you know, a foreseeable yeah. future. So it was really noteworthy and curious that that thing was rising up for you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's worthwhile saying we we had no intention of going mm-hmm. to England. Yeah. So that was curious for us to go, oh, there's a hunger here. There's some there's some kind of spiritual connection here in terms of what the Lord's created us for that doesn't feel like it's going to be satisfied elsewhere. Had you ever encountered that before? Because you're describing it as an old thing, but it was a very new feeling. Hmm. Like legacy, history, connection are all like, backward historical terms but you're describing it as something new yeah that's interesting and i'm just wondering if that ever surfaced yeah, I before know. i think i don't know i i'd never i'd certainly never made the connection with england mm-hmm. um i felt feelings of purpose feelings of destiny um i've i remember i've had people in those years in toronto people say to me you know what do you really feel you're called to do you know I was like, I'm in, I genuinely believe I am in the will of God. Right. So. I'm not looking for anything else. Right now is is my calling for now. It may be that there's other assignments. In fact, I hope there are because I like new things. Mm-hmm. But right now I know I'm in the calling of God. I'm in that destiny place. If we pause here for a second, if we use your life as an object lesson for our listeners, you think about. So many times in scripture where good turns out to be the worst enemy of best, mm-hmm. right? So I think about the tribes of Israel, promised the promised land, rescued out of Egypt, you know, 40 years in the desert. They're getting to the promised land. 
And uh, one of the tribes is like, ah, we're good. We're going to camp on this side of the Jordan. And Moses is like, what are you? Like, it, it literally yeah. right there. So close. And so I'm thinking about, you know, they had a prophetic word. They had a promise that they could see, and they opted out of it for, for whatever reason. And I'm thinking about the parallel in your life that you wake up with an itch from the Lord about transition, about moving, and you get two glorious, rich opportunities. How easy would it have been to say, oh, this is the Lord, you know, or, and be tempted by what they're offering? Oh, yeah. And, and how crazy at times it can feel to say no to the very thing that it feels like God was speaking about. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like, mm-hmm. hey, Ben, Sarah, January, transition's happening. And then whenever it was, you know, June, here's, here's transition. And the weirdness of turning that down. Yeah. And am I right in thinking that it was only when you turned it down that you began to have the next thing? Yeah, I think so. Isn't that curious? I think, yeah, I think, I love what you're saying. Um, it's it's reminding me of some another kind of component to the feeling I had, which I, I, I want to be sensitive in how I talk about this because it could get misunderstood. But as I, as I came in touch with the, the realization that there wasn't peace to pursue these opportunities. Yeah. I then found myself not necessarily overcome with peace, but actually overcome with fear, essentially a dread of, of returning to Toronto. Now, if you're one of my friends in Toronto, please don't interpret that as dread to be near you. Cause actually I felt deep, deep love. Mm-hmm. So this was also startling for me. I was like, hang on i've closed the doors and now i'm terrified right that that means i have to go back but i wanted to go back in fact at the beginning of this trip i wanted to be back yeah so what's happened so something is that something in the process of closing door a and door b the original place also felt like a no and that was a strange feeling because in many ways it felt we felt kind of homeless mm-hmm. you know and i was like oh i'm now so hungry for transition i know in fact in my spirit that that is what god is doing mm-hmm. he is like he has awoken something in us for transition and and so yeah. then i was like oh i'm on the move i I, th- I would honestly say from that moment when i said no i've i've felt homeless it is interesting that the Lord presented you those opportunities when you're geographically removed from Toronto. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that. Like, it was Elijah where, you know, he goes to seek the Lord. And so, he leaves where he's at because the Lord says, go here and I'll speak to you. And then when he, I'm like, but you're speaking to me now. Like, yeah, like, that's true. And then he had to go there to hear the word of the Lord and I had to go somewhere completely different. Mm-hmm. And so, you actually had to leave and it was only when you left. I think that's beautiful as we reflect on that. And it's natural, I think lots of people have sort of jumped to the conclusion that, oh, it's probably just really nice for you to be close to family. Right. And that has been challenging to process because it doesn't feel like it does justice to the cost. cost, To the cost of moving there, which is enormous. Like our girls actually don't, our daughters, we have three little girls, they don't consider themselves British. They they consider themselves Canadian. So Mm -hmm. this is moving to a new land. Sarah's lived there in Canada for more than she ever lived in England. Mm -hmm. Um, We, there's such cost involved in it. It also doesn't feel like it does justice to the fact that we have lived away from family Mm -hmm. and paid that cost, which certainly there is a cost involved for you know 14 or 15 years yeah and would do it again if that's what the father was asking us to right. do well it also cheapens the whole process that the lord hooked your heart and was you know pulling you over here to make it sound like it was a a, a very good earthly response like i want to be near my family nothing wrong with that but it's just not what that is mm-hmm. okay so you've turned down your job quick recap yeah. You now realize, I I feel homeless. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be returning to Toronto, but what was an itch in January is now a ache. An ache, like, Lord, what are you saying? Yeah. And you're feeling like this thing to England. And so in that moment, we then felt um, 
we then felt kind of a permission from the Holy Spirit to seek out some prophetic input. Can I ask you a question about that? Please. One of the things that drives me nuts in contemporary Christianity is that the way people get confirmation is rather than calling a prophet and saying, hey, I'm just curious, would you inquire on the Lord on behalf of me? They're saying, hey, I felt the Lord say this, 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 and this. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. And so, which one did you do? (laughs) Well, you'll be pleased to hear, Mr. Jones, (laughs) that we did it the correct way Uh, by your standards. (laughs) Right, but... I mean, you've passed. No, I people. totally agree. I yeah. totally know what you mean. When so you someone's just like, kept mum. "Hey, I'm uh, by the way, I'm quitting my job." That feels good in the spirit, right? That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, you're good like, with that. And I'm like, uh, "Well, sorry. What freedom is there, like, to really speak into that? And are, are you actually even prepared for me to bring anything right. other than what you believe?" So you just cold called all your prophet friends and just said, "Hey, just curious. Yeah. Is so Lord saying we, anything?" We wrote. I think we wrote to five people who we who have been seasoned and faithful and reliable prophetic voices to us personally and to our ministry i wrote to them a one-line email that was i don't frequently do this but sarah and i found ourselves presented with some opportunities and would love to hear what you feel the lord is saying to us in this season so completely open-ended nothing about england nothing no direction bitcoin investment yep could be a puppy who knows right Right. and it was really interesting we got responses um from these people over the next week or so and all of them said transition it's time to leave toronto it's time to leave canada and so that was a okay well at least the ache and kind of the sense in our spirits and everything that we feel Mm -hmm. is echoed Mm -hmm. there's still some vaguety about where next yeah then we heard from a final and the, i feel like the way the lord often speaks to me at least is there's like puzzle pieces and then suddenly you get something that kind of unlocks the whole thing and you yeah. go oh there's a thread that's running through all of this mm-hmm. we then had uh, a couple of prophets that communicated with us and just said we feel like the lord's asking would you move to england and we were like okay that's what our spirit was saying Mm-hmm. <gasps> yes to you know mm-hmm. well maybe it hadn't said yes yet our spirit was saying oh gosh is that really what you're asking right. and we were coming in terms in touch with the excitement and the cost and the is this god is this us what does this mean huge how much will this cost ramifications huge yep yeah um and unto what uh, you know and i think honestly some of my biggest fear in all of this is like unto you know because as of today you don't have a what no i don't it and what's curious and we don't have to go into this just out of you know honor for your journey but you know we were talking earlier today and you've got more not to do than you have what to do mm-hmm. which is curious right yeah and i, I think it's so kind of the lord just to say it's not gonna be this it's not gonna be this which i also think is invitation dream yeah it's interesting isn't it i find completely blank canvas can sometimes feel overwhelming Mm -hmm. but some parameters Mm -hmm. feels like huh okay i've got some i've got something to work with here Mm -hmm. you know uh and so yeah there's been some parameters in there like we we felt the lord say that we're not supposed to be planting a church at least not in this immediate season Mm -hmm. we're we're very open-hearted and minded that that may be something he asks us to do down the road but that's not now. Mm-hmm. Which I think would be the, I don't mean lazy, it would be the, the most natural conclusion for people to come to. Like, oh, you've just spearheaded hugely successful churches and church plants and, you know, oh, there'd be a no-brainer. That's what, you, that's what you'll be doing, right? Like, it, it fits a narrative, it fits mm-hmm. a, an obvious thing, and it's so curious that the Lord just took that off the table for you. Yeah, that's really helpful because, like you say, it's the natural thing. Yeah, there's almost some kind of peer pressure there to, mm-hmm. oh, you guys, mm-hmm. you could plant a great church. Makes and, sense. Do you know, I, I've noticed this city that doesn't have a great church, right. and I mean, it's a great city. You guys but, could, you But know. then we're back to the difference between good and best, mm-hmm. the difference between a good idea and a God's purpose. Yeah. And, and honestly, in our whole journey um, of just kind of looking at our future with the Father, mm-hmm. that's been a big tension of there's lots of like lots of good ideas lots of people have good ideas. i mean i think if you are a if you are a, a gifted mature believer 
who's who's young enough in age that you've got some you know potential in front of you i feel like there's so many who will gather around you and be like oh you could do this you could take right. over this church you could lead this ministry yeah. you could you could you could you could <sighs> that feels a bit suffocating if actually it can feel lovely at times there are days when i go oh yeah i could do any of these things <laughs> through christ who strengthens me of course uh and it feels oh so nice Right. And then there are other days where you're like, ah, ah, just leave me alone, please. Just give me a moment to hear the Father for myself. So what do you do? I mean, so like, I, the, I think the thing I love about you and Sarah is you've pushed all your poker chips to the center of the table. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't waited on, conf- you've waited on confirmation. What I mean is like you haven't waited on, well, tell me where I'm going before I go. Mm. You're literally like, you know, Abraham, you've left your people yeah. And you're going to a place. I mean, you know the place, but you don't know the purpose. You literally don't know where you're going to live or what you're going to do. What do you do in that tension? Like, what are you doing with that tension? And 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 secondly, what is the tension for you? I think it's worth noting that the way that Sarah and I would process change is quite different. And like we were saying about me moving, I would be inclined to look forward think what's next what's what potential is there oh we could do this i could bootstrap a business that does this i could sell mangoes let's, on the side of the road innovate 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 yeah like all the time just like yeah yeah cool we could plant a church in this suburb and i could get a job here and another job here and could you could do night school and i i tend to think that way sarah is like unless the lord is speaking i'm not doing it mm-hmm. you know so over the years i've actually had a fear of <gasps> What, what what if I feel like we're supposed to move and it's a bit of a boy cry wolf scenario because I am constantly talking about doing something new mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to and what if there's suddenly enormous tension in our marriage and uh, you know mm-hmm. and so one of our constant prayers has always just been like father when it's you let it be unmistakably you for both of us mm-hmm. and check yeah and so this transition I mean like Sarah who would who would be more on the risk averse end. I'm not saying she doesn't want to risk because no. she clearly has, yeah. uh, but she's more on the end of the spectrum. She is like, we have heard God and, and we're in and, and that's it, you know? So I would say what's been quite beautiful is there actually hasn't been much tension between us in terms of, is this the right thing or not? We, we genuinely believe we've heard God. We sought out all the confirmation we need. I agree. And I feel that. Like, it's the right thing. I'm curious what you do with the people who are like, yeah, but what is the thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, what do, what do you do with that? Like, how do you give an answer when there is no answer to people who need an answer? Yeah. I feel more of a need to present some kind of answer, some kind of confidence. Yeah, well, uh, you know, of course I'm going to do this and this and it's going to be marvellous and just you wait and see. And if you want to invest, feel free. You know, that, that's, uh, that's the desire in me is to be able to put something confident forward. I think Sarah feels way more like, well, God's told us to move and he's going he's gonna to tell us, you know, the next thing. I'm so appreciative of that. The interesting thing is that people are naturally curious. Like people who love you, people who know you, people who care about you mm-hmm. are, are going to wrestle potentially with the story. Like we all want to make sense we all want to make meaning out of events. So it's like, hey, so you just quit a really good job with security and you sold everything you have and, you know, you're obeying the Lord, but you don't know what the Lord is actually asking you to do. Mm. Like you must have some sort of sense of their tension or, or, or their distress in not knowing. How do you meet other people's distress or do you, or do you even try and meet? Uh, a response to their distress. Yeah, I think uh, when that happens, I'm often just as aware of my own distress, probably more aware of my own distress than theirs. Uh, and I wouldn't say I live in distress. And but, I was going to ask, what is the distress that you get in touch with? Yeah, I think, well, that feels very fresh because earlier today you you just started asking curious questions about, oh, so what are you going to do? You mm-hmm. know, And uh, it wasn't long before I felt an awful <laughs> lot of fear. Yeah, And as I've kind of... I managed to get a bit of time and process that with the Lord and just, you know, just even just process my heart and spill that out a little bit. I, I realize I think I feel f- more fear about possibly missing it, like trying to make something happen, trying to wait upon the Lord, 
Mm-hmm. Am I over-engineering something? Am I being too idle? Has he given me enough to work with and I just need to make something happen now? You know, that, I think that's yeah. where I get caught. Uh, over the last year or so, I think my understanding of the will of God has been going through a radical shift. And that has been broadened. Uh, it, do you know what it actually has? So I think in many ways, I now feel like the will of God is is a much broader meadow where before it felt more tight, right? Mm-hmm. Tight rope like. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to be exploring this for the rest of my life, but I've re- certainly recognized in this journey there has been actually a lot of choice that the Father's given us. I think the thing that's been interesting for me is realizing that the will of God feels way more complex than I'd previously realized. And so over the last year, my whole perspective on that has been shifting and changing loads. Mm -hmm. And it feels broader and wider than ever before. I feel like the Lord has actually given us a lot of choice. Yeah, There was, I genuinely believe there was freedom to choose to stay in Toronto. Right. And there was freedom to say yes to these these job offers that we received. Mm -hmm. And in some ways that's terrifying because I'm more of a binary person. When I was doing exams in school, I liked the exams where there was a, a an answer. Fight night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the things where it was just like, yeah, right about art history. I Here's was my like, broad interpretive. Ah! Yep. You know, give me a maths question. Give me a physics question. So I think I've spent most of my relationship with God looking for a, what do you want me to do, Lord? Sir, yes, sir, sort of response. Um, and actually, as I've grown in intimacy with him, obedience looks very different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about it with my kids. Do I want them to be obedient? Yeah. Sure. Do I want them to be intimate with me? Yeah. I think intimacy takes precedence over obedience, really. Mm -hmm. And so as my relationship with God has grown through the struggle of this, through the struggle of making decisions, through the struggle of like, oh, Lord, can't you just give us a clear black and white answer? I've realized, oh, he so values walking that journey closely more than giving us black and white instructions. Yeah. And yet in the midst of it, there are moments that feel quite black and white. Would you move to England? Uh, yes. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Now I'm thinking of all the consequences. Now I'm thinking right. of all the ramifications. But I know it's a yes, but I still need to continue to choose that yes because... I'm not going to be a victim to God giving me a choice and me saying yes. Yeah. I'm going to be powerful in right. it and embrace the the consequences of it. And I think often we see in Scripture, like you brought up Abraham, we see God's relationship with his people is much more about the connection than it is about a set of instructions. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Philip in Acts 8, where, you know, there's revival going on in Samaria, and then the Lord's like, hey, go, go onto the desert road. Totally. Unto what? Like, right. he doesn't even say go to this place. He's just like, go onto the desert road. And Philip's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, radical, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch and the, the incredible revival that we can only imagine kind of ensued from there. Mm-hmm. But I think... Sometimes the Lord is really specific, but it's not the whole plan. Right. And I think I feel like that's where we are. And right now I feel like I'm saying that so confidently, but honestly, four hours ago I was like, <gasps> but I think that's part of the process, isn't it? And like the, the difference that got you from <gasps> to confidence is time spent in the Lord's presence. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, I think we can never go wrong when we strengthen ourselves in the Lord, you know, when we take a step aside and go, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but I do know who I'm obeying. Yeah, everything becomes a little simpler. Yeah, I think it was either you or Sarah who were talking about, like, hey, you know, like in the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of this not turmoil, but you know, upheaval. Upheaval is a great word. You know, we dug out a lot of our prophetic words, and we were amazed to see. Words that pointed to this season that we couldn't see yeah. when we got them. Yeah. And there was one in particular that really struck me as like, oh, shut your face. That's amazing. Yeah. Can you share with our listeners that? Yeah. Word? So we, we, like, we, we are on this 
trip at the moment and we thought we want to take a kind of a chapter break between these two chapters of our life and so we were driving in california last week and we actually we were on the road to vegas believe it or not and we were like okay well we've got some desert road let's listen to some prophetic words we listened to one from a number of years ago and um this this girl who was prophesying over over us said the lord's going to mark when it's time to transition because you'll start to receive job offers and the lord says will you say no to the first two churches that offer you jobs which made no sense in the moment that you got that word because nobody was offering you right, jobs exactly and so in that in that moment we were like oh okay sure yeah all right and we had never thought about it since. Now we listen to it this time in the middle of the transition and we go, <gasps> literally in the middle of a desert. Yeah, in the middle of a desert. And we said, oh, we did say no to those two offers and it did initiate the transition. So uh, I love kindness. that the Lord is so previous, isn't he? He's like, I'm, let me speak this thing out that's going to help you with confirmation after you've done the thing I know you're going to do anyway because your heart is after me. Mm-hmm. I think that fear of missing it is a present fear for me. Like, oh, wait, if the will of God is so wide, am I going to go off the track? Am I going to lose it? Or, you know, if it's narrow, am I going to just fall off the track? If it's wide, am I going to kind of drift in that track so much that I forget where I'm headed in the first place? But I think I have to keep reminding myself it's about walking it with with the Father. And if if he was intent enough to speak to you, Mm -hmm. he's intent enough to continue to speaking to you. Yeah. So you're in this this season of life called time gap management, you know, where you know what God's called you to, yeah. and you're walking out, and you don't know quite what it's going to look like. Mm. Probably more extreme than a lot of people's. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you've yeah. said yes. How how would our listeners who've resonated with your story? find out how the story ends like where can people find more about your journey well we, yeah i mean because we don't know what we're going to do yet it's not like we have created anything i very quickly made a benandsarah.org as a this could ultimately be the place where we tell the story of what what right. we're doing so at the moment it's just a picture of us saying we're moving to england <laughs> but at some point there'll be more on there so that would be one way yeah you're on social media can people follow you on instagram yeah or? Creative Ben is me and Sarah Daly Jackson is Sarah. I'll put those links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that as people are listening to this episode, they will find woven in your story parts of their story they can resonate with. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you would do something very generous that you would sow where you want to go, where you would pray for our listeners for the things you don't yet have that you want. Wow. It's one of the best ways I know about propelling your story forward. Mm. Yeah. So would you pray for Elizabeth? Yeah. I think the big I think the two biggest components that have been essential to us and as we look forward will be essential mm-hmm. are faith and intimacy with the Lord to like hear him closely Come on. and to trust that when he speaks he's to just trust him, you know, to have faith to follow through in that that he will follow through in that. So Father, I thank you for these listeners that are that are listening, that are watching, that are engaging with this moment, Lord. I believe that you are orchestrating the most glorious and wonderful change project on the earth where you are moving your sons and daughters where you need them to be. And right now, I speak a release of faith, that gift of faith that is not us working up our own muscles of faith, but God, is it is you releasing a gift of faith and impartation. Lord, would you raise that up in every one of us, raise up a gift of faith that we would be able to trust you, that we would be able to hear your voice and take action to, to risk, to step out. Lord, would you bless everyone with that that gift to see far beyond where their natural perspective would take them, where their natural inclination would even allow them to go and to have that faith. And Lord, I ask for a greater intimacy than we've ever known. Lord, I ask for a generation, not I don't mean that in age bracket-wise, but I mean, I mean a season of the church, the body of Christ, that walks in such significant and beautiful intimacy with you, that they hear your footsteps, that they hear your words, that they are able to respond to the, the tiniest nuances of your voice and nudgings and to 
walk their journeys and their callings out in the closest way possible to feel your breath, to feel the dust of your footsteps, for them to be walking so closely. Lord, I know I need it. I ask that you do that for us, for, for Alan, for I, for our wives, our families, and for every one of these listeners, that we would be able to walk in that, oh, that gorgeous, wonderful intimacy of closeness with you, that in even the riskiest and scariest of moments in our journeys, that we would feel you there with us and that we would have faith that you're going to lead us through. Amen. Amen. Benjamin Jackson, husband of Sarah Jackson, thank you so much <laughs> for being on our podcast this week. You're so welcome. I must say, darling, funny hair or not, you're a handsome man. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> funny hair or not, you're a beautiful woman. Thanks. My hair is a little bit fuzzy today. <laughs> well, you got nothing on it. I've got a listener's question. Oh, okay. From one of our members, Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Thank you for being a member. Kurt says this, hey, Alan and AJ. Firstly, I am loving listening to your podcast and Grace and our sermons on finance at the moment and getting super excited about giving again. It is reawakening excitement about giving to God. Can't wait for your course. I have a question about blessing slash offerings in addition to your tithe and how it works for you practically. I'm wondering if you put the money aside in an account to see how the Holy Spirit leads you to bless people and keep money ready, or if you just straight away donate it all to charities or missions as per God's heart, or maybe split in between the two. I like the idea of blessing directly each month, but also love the idea of being ready and equipped to bless as people with needs are drawn by the Holy Spirits. Spirits? The Holy Spirit. Good Lord, what is wrong with me? (laughs) How do we do it, baby? Well, so we... um we actually put a certain percentage aside after our tithe we do. to give away. And some of it is we always give to Israel and we always give to the poor. And those go out right away. Yep. And then what's left is sitting in the account waiting. And we're just waiting to see like what is, you know, who's the Holy Spirit talking to mm-hmm. us about. Um, usually it's given away dur- during that month. But mm-hmm. occasionally it has been where right. it's still sitting there and, you know, a month later there's something that comes up and we're like, yay, we have two months worth of stuff that's saved up. I also want to mention, Kurt, and I'm going to talk about this on the course. I didn't talk about it in the last couple of weeks, but tithing is one component. Giving is another component. But there's a third component called giving that hurts. And that's when the Holy Spirit asks you to give something that you didn't set aside money to give. Mm -hmm. And it's sacrificial giving. All of it's sacrificial. But like we just had, um, uh, we're chatting to a friend and he was just sharing a testimony that he was getting ready for a major life move. And before he did the life move, the Lord asked him to give away all his savings. And it wasn't savings to give away. It was his legit savings account. And the Lord was like, would you give all of that away? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, we try and live with like, hey, Lord, you know, we want to be open hands with everything you've given us. Yeah. We So we plan to give all of these different things. But then in addition to that, uh, often the Lord will say, hey, I'd like you to give so-and-so this mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and that is unplanned, like, wow, okay. Wasn't planning on that. Are you <laughs> yeah. sure about that? Yeah. And that's where you like <gasps> breathe in. So I, I love your heart, Cor. I think it's great. And I think one of the things that I've had fun answering questions about both the podcast and the sermon series is the amount of flexibility, freedom, and grace within how we approach our giving. I think tithing is really straightforward, but the giving thing, you can get super creative with the Holy Spirit about how you're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, you heard Kurt talk about his excitement about a course that's coming up, and yes. that is the More Than Enough course that's launching very, very soon. It's all about finances, stewardship, blessing, abundance, all that sort of good stuff. If you would like to learn about when the course launches, in fact, if you would like to be on the first round of invitations to the course, go to alanandaj.com slash more, and I'll add you to that list. You'll get an email when the course launches imminently. And you uh, also heard us say that Kurt's a member. Kurt, thank you for your membership. That means Kurt got his question bumped to the front of the queue of the questions that people have uh, sent in for our podcast. He also gets other benefits, like he's going to get a discount on that course when it launches. He also gets to see the video, uh, gets to see my messy hair, my wet shirt, all the good stuff like that. (laughs) If you want to be smart like Kurt, you can go to alanandaj.com slash join to learn how to become a member too. It's all about your hair, baby. It's all about it needs a hair. haircut, let me tell you. Wow. AJ. Yes. If people want to ask questions <gasps> yes. or get show notes for this week's episode, where might they do that? 
go to alanandaj.com slash ask to ask us a question mm-hmm. and alanandaj.com slash 272 for the show notes from today's Thanks podcast. for being with us today. Yeah. We look forward to being back with you next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.